It is that happy hour mini so time where we get really happy and we get really mini because we're not going to waste too much of your time and we don't want to waste ours because we are already really happy and it's great and it's fantastic and it's a mini so. So guess what, guys? What? Listen, it is uh, or me. after party as it's Ellie. the after party think, yeah. apparently special after guest Alan Curran. The after party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is the after 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 party uh-huh. as you are well aware. Are we going just to the before, hotel lobby? Yeah, this is yeah. just prior to the hotel lobby. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to go there. I am very sorry to the Double Tree out in uh, Michigan Avenue, but hey. Uh, listen, uh, it is Evan, it is Taryn, it is a special guest, Allie Kern. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. We've been talking about it's Talking Heads, and we've been writing, in the last episode, we raked the Talking Heads albums all the way straight through, one up, one up, and uh, it's been kind of, it was kind of a journey, it was a debate, there was all sorts of stuff that was going on, but this is the Happier Minute, so we get to talk about whatever the hell else we want during this time, and the thing that we're going to first talk about, the thing that we talk about at the start of every Happier Minute, so guys, and most importantly, Allie, yeah. What is the worst Talking Heads song? Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I my gut. To... I'm telling you right now, my gut, my gut is leading me to electric guitar. Yeah. That, that's that's just uh, right off the bat. Good, good choice. Yes. My gut absolutely takes me to artists only. I was going to say artists only. I believe it is artists. Uh, Pretentious bastards only. Oh my god! What the name of that? It's song just oh, it's it's straight up obnoxious. <laughs> like it's a commitment that you have to make with yourself, where you're like, I know that this is shitty, but I'm gonna but do it I'm, anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here and listen to this cause because my friends want me to talk about the talking heads. Like, god damn it! I'm gonna be informed. But, also, I've had whiskey. Uh, but earlier in the week, Taryn had a different pick for least favorite song. Something called. Oh. Animals. Yeah, animals. <laughs> Both yeah. of them are music, FYI. Yeah. It's not the greatest. I mean, I think I feel like that's why Fear of Music had the ranking that it did. Yeah, I mean, Fear of Music just at times goes flat out atonal. Like, it's yeah. just like, they just like, what if we did well, anti-melodies? And and animals, like, no. animals uh, like, as the week went on, bothered me less, but it still is, it's... It's profoundly the, not good. It's profoundly not good. The multi-tracking of his lead spoken vocal is v- creates a very odd it's effect. It's weird, yeah. And he's talking about how animals think they're smart because they poop on the ground. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> did we need this? Cutting this insight from David like Byrne. The lyrical genius, yeah. Also, David Byrne. also, can I just talk for a moment about how the lyric in Stay Up Late about the little pee-pee is we, unnecessary. In a second. First, first though, we <laughs> so need we can revisit the little pee-pee in Stay Up Late, but first we need to talk about how Fear of Music has a general, like, minor chord thing going on, and it makes my insides feel yeah. weird. <laughs> I don't not, not like the it. Good no, I get it. Yeah, exactly. I totally get that. It, like, makes my butthole tighten, and, like, my insides, like, at the bottom of my tummy just feel, like, strange. Do y'all get like that? Well, like you know, for a, for a while there, there was this one group called Throbbing Gristle. They were very, 
they are legitimately there's this group that from the early eighties. I like are, that my butthole brings you to Throbbing Gristle. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that. And Throbbing Gristle, they were a band. Healthy. They led the experimental art rock movement for some time. But one of the things they did that led to their reputation is they actually turned their guitars so low. And again, this is one of those things. I'm sure there's a little bit of urban myth, but also apparently there are people that have actually been to these shows and know it. They turned their guitars down to basically what they determined was the frequency for the human bowel. Oh. And they played shows <laughs> that were basically like in this like tone that people were like, I got a fucking shit. Like <laughs> suddenly you know. I need to take a poo poo. I know, exactly. So that so all I can say is that that cool. may make you feel like that. I'm so happy <laughs> well, that this like, is where we've gotten to. By, yeah, by the way, we discovered <laughs> that fear of music is possibly scientifically linked to Cute. your ability to wanna like yeah. fart or take a shit. By the y'all way, take it from me. It's a physiological effect that happens. By the okay. way, Terrence, sorry, the rap the season two rap gift I got for you is a box set of throbbing gristle. I yes. hope that's okay. Oh. Oh, nothing says love like a season. What? What? Something of throbbing gristle. That says love. Exactly. Also whiskey. So, but that... Okay, now we talked about that, though. The one thing we need to talk about, because we did... We... We... In all seriousness, we talked about it lightly during the podcast. The thing is that Allie and Taryn, they've been talking head fans for some time. They're a group that I've always been on the as I did was they kept saying the best album is Stop Making Sense. Unquestionably. And the thing is is that like I, I, I generally don't like live albums because for the record both live albums I'm not sure if you the listeners know this they kind of suck because most bands like let's just do a version of the songs like cause every once in a while there'll be a band that really genuinely uses a live setting to actually transform or amalgamate their songs into something new and interesting. Usually they just use them to fillet themselves right. on stage for a while and you lose interest like yeah. halfway through and you're like yeah. and guys some- I came here to hear your big hit not you wax politically on your guitar for two and a half fucking minutes. Exactly. But the <laughs> thing about Stop Making Sense, the concert movie, it's not just the fact that it's a concert movie, it's two things. One, the very conceit of the show itself, which I guess they did in a prior tour, Taryn was telling me. But it starts out with, you know, David Byrne going on stage with the boombox, hi, I'd like to play you a little song, and hit this little fucking shitty-ass, like, you know, drum beat thing, just him and an acoustic guitar, and then Tina comes out with bass and they do a song, and then they bring in the drummer, like, they build a show from scratch, like, each new song has a new element. Oh, no, sorry, the, what I, all I meant when I said that was that on the tour previously, they had the, like, huge nine-person band. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, which is a very important part of accomplishing a lot of those tracks live successfully is having that many players because there's so many layers. It's so dense. Well, yeah. not only just layers, but specifically, like, if you want to narrow, narrow it down to one musical element on that live album that changes the game... It is those backup vocalists. Yeah. Those two women are money. They're so money and they don't even know it. It's yeah. ridiculous. From yeah. the they bottom add, to the top. Almost every song that they yeah. perform on. Yeah, absolutely. They add so much because they're, they're not only very good vocalists, they're great at not stealing your attention too much. Yeah. Like, I'm David Byrne about... is still clearly the focus. Yes. Uh, even though they sing quite a bit, but they add so much texturally. Specifically, I'm thinking about Slippery People. Yeah. It's a meadow with him. He's all right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those like, women. And, and having them doing that they and not David that. Byrne in falsetto. I mean, yeah, I think the, the three tracks on Stop Making Sense that adds the most from being in a live setting are Slippery People... 
Mm-hmm. Um, life during wartime. Mm-hmm. And... Take me to the river. Girlfriend is better. Oh. Girlfriend is better is fantastic. Oh, and take me to the river, though. Yes, yeah. but also, th- this must be the place, Naive Melody. Like, this version of it is still my favorite version of it because of those those women. Mm-hmm. Like, the the freaking, like, harmony vocals in that, that song and this version are so astounding. See, I... I respect that. I don't. I don't know that I feel the same though, because I think on the original of of Naive Melody, it's such a perfect production, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I hear the elements blending as perfectly like in the in the backing it, track. Mostly in the last like twenty seconds of that song where they're hitting those. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. That I. I really miss that yeah. from the the, the studio. Original. Like I, I also I agree. when you get to the end of the studio version on that song, you you like you when want... you know this one, you're like, where where's the beautiful? Right, exactly. Because <laughs> like, it's just because just David Byrne by itself doesn't sell. But also yeah. on the live version, the the live synth lines I think add a little bit yes. to it too. Because on the studio version, it sounds very mechanical. There's not a lot of soul to it. Yes. when someone's actually pressing it down. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's all that. The guitar live sounds better. Yeah, the guitar. Well, and that's the other thing is that they have an extra guitarist who's a really fucking good lead he's guitarist. Pretty great. He's he adds a lot, and and again, he's never in the forefront. Like the main guitar riffs you're hearing are still mostly David Byrne, mm-hmm. but he's adding ornamentation on top, right. and but, it adds so much. And that, but that being said, the other thing that about stop making sense for those who have not seen it for some reason is you got to keep in mind the performance of David Byrne in that because again you've heard him he's this you know crazy old weirdo with the you know lightning affected voice and everything else like that. he's you know like he you know has you know a very distinct sense of lyricism and instrumentation but when he's on stage he fucking performs every movement, every moment. He has an idea in mind of how to make it interesting and new. Well, it's yeah. an interactive show. Like when I saw them in two thousand, not them because Talking Heads they don't talk no more. We'll talk y'all. about that in a second. We'll get there. We'll get yeah. to why the Talking Heads don't talk so much no more. But when I saw David Byrne in 2009, it was a straight-up production. And I valued that as a dancer. Was that the chair one? It was the chair one, but more importantly, it was the chorus of Modern Dancer Show. Like, they did a little bit of television promotion around that time on the Colbert Report and a few of the late-night shows. Y'all, listen. Colbert Report is real hard to say when you've had a lot of whiskey. I'm going to point that out. If this you're happy drinking, hour mini-sode brought to you by whiskey. Jameson's. Um, if you're drinking no, along with us. it wasn't us, Jameson. But that's cute. Whatever. <laughs> All the whiskey. trying to say Colbert Report is my point. Do it. And you know what my right now. You know what Did my favorite thing to do when drunk is though? Uh, try to say uh, Outback Steakhouse as John F. Kennedy. When you get really drunk and you want to just speak in the accent, try and say Outback, Outback. Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy when I'm super drunk. I enjoy saying judicial system. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> All right. We anyway, need to sing them live. Sing them live. Judicial sing system. Them live. Yeah. yeah, you did so well. You're not nearly as lit as now say Outback State. <laughs> now say Outback State Council is trying to get me. Outback State. Nope, nope, nope. Abort. Abort. That was glorious. <laughs> David Bird Live. <laughs> David Byrne live in 2009 was just 
Because it's like eight dancers, every, right? Like you, yeah. No, no, no. No, it's three dancers okay. and three backup vocalists. But like you said, every musical moment is accounted for and staged and right. thought for and cared for. And like nothing is left to chance. Like everything is so perfectly orchestrated. Yeah, I feel the yeah. same way about Stop Making Sense. And I think that's just a trademark of David Byrne's sensibility as yeah. a performer. And I also, but I also feel like that's also a little bit to their detriment as well because he, because yeah. as much as I've enjoyed my Talking Heads journey, I was always missing, like, and you could say this about this must be the place but not a lot of other things the heart wasn't always there because everything is so societal everything is even in the performances as exciting as they are are so pre-planned that like mm-hmm. sometimes it's at the sake of like that random the, improvised yeah. or, right like, you know those human especially moments. because they are so their music is so propulsive yeah and so energizing driving yeah and you almost wish that they had a little more room to improvise it's almost dare i say that stop making sense is a great david byrne production mm-hmm. but maybe not not the best Talking Heads production. Now, here's the thing. We talk about that, but we also want to talk about why the Talking Heads be not talking anymore. Oh, yeah. No talking on. And so here's the thing. It's amazing because during Stop Making Sense, at one point, you know, kind of like against his better judgment, he had to see the stage to uh, uh, Tom Tom Club, which was Tina and Chris's other band that they had outside of it. Because while he's off making weird ass fucking records with Brian Eno, yeah, they're like, we want to do something. Too. Also, um, Taryn, I have a question. Uh-huh. What are you gonna do when you get out of jail? I'm gonna have some fun. Right, Woo! Well, what do you consider fun? Fun, fun, nasty fun. Oh, okay. So uh, the every time Chris France throws in one of his vocal improvisations, especially the it's not making sense. Oh. I hate him. You are the worst. <laughs> There's a reason you don't have a mic usually. Yohana! <laughs> and they had this little electro dance pop group on the side. And they that one song, Genius of Love, it went number 36 Genius in the U.S. Genius of charts. Love is great yeah. until you get to the end where he starts going nuts vocally. So, like, it's... My strategy is this, you guys. If you're going to watch Stop Making Sense, when you get to Genius of Love, let Tina start out the whole affair with the whole, like, you know. No, he's he talks from the very beginning. He talks. No, no, no. But get through the Tina part. I'm in heaven. And then, and then, once she says her piece, you go take a potty break. And you just get out of there. Get out of there before he starts <laughs> to doing his nonsense because, barking like a madman. Because, <laughs> here's the thing. Tina is wonderful. She is a she's wonderful delightful. bassist. And she is she's in so it. Much she's so fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. She has, you she's, know what's sad about Tina? What? So as we talked about in the, the longer show, um, Tina was a bass prodigy and learned to play in like six months. Mm-hmm. But when they got the record deal, David Byrne made her re-audition. Really? As bass player, because he was like, well, now we have a record deal, so I mean, you're not really yeah, bass player. But here's the thing, there's all these up. stories about David Byrne being a total asshole and, you know, wanting, the whole reason the band broke up is because, you know, he thought they went stale and they kept wanting more control and they felt like he was getting more and more control as time went on. But here's the thing about that. As Taryn yeah. pointed out when I played him another song off of Tom Tom Club's debut album, Wordy <laughs> Rapidhood. Which which they thought that was good enough to release as a single. It's um, not good enough to release. <laughs> spoiler, you guys, it's not. <laughs> it kind of sucks. It, it got attention. It went number one on, on the, the dance, dance charts, charts yeah. which Tom Tom Club, which Genius of Club, Genius of Love, excuse too, me, yeah. also did. Basically, um, people were doing a lot of drugs back then, it was, and it's things like that might have sounded differently. Profoundly not good. And we listened to also <laughs> to a couple songs from after Talking Heads broke up, and 
the other three members wanted to keep doing it, but David Byrne was not interested. Oh, they that put is together, a bitter, bitter shit. They put together an album, and they tried to use the Talking Heads name, but then David Byrne, I gonna, believe, like, sue sued them. them or he, he threatened to sue them. He threatened to sue them. And so they went as The Heads, and the name of the album was No, no talking, talking, Just, just head. head. And it's like, it, it actually was better than I expected, but still not... It's like very worth, clearly missing this voice. It's missing it's something. Missing its spark. Right. Is what it is. Meanwhile, yeah. David Byrne went on to do things like, let me do a collaborative album with uh, Fatboy Slim about the life of a Filipina, you know, president who loved the nightlife, and let me collaborate with uh, every female vocalist I know, from Tori Amos to Florence Welch to uh, yeah. you know to all you these know. other Saint Vincent. Yeah. To uh, your favorite member of Decemberus. Cheryl Wharton? Yeah. She's from My Brightest Diamond. Oh, yeah. But she was also, you know, works with the Decemberists, too. She was yeah, a featured they did an artist on The Hazards of Love. <laughs> I should come back for a Decemberist thing. We Have you done that? Aw, yeah. you motherfucker. That was a fascinating <laughs> little episode. We're not going to talk about it on mic. Any but, yeah, but yeah, so yeah, David Byrne. I mean, he is an asshole, but at the same time, he. It kind I was of like, I mean, it kind of makes sense that you don't genius. like you don't want to let these guys. Yeah, because have stuff creative that these control guys because are doing. it's not. And it kind of makes you want to go back through their catalog and be like, I wonder if all the songs that I thought were not good. These motherfuckers were responsible for. Like, did, they, <laughs> did they co-write these? They had a hand in well, this. They, well, they all, well, they all helped co-write The Lady Don't Mind, so they have to have at least some, you know, some element some in there. Some musical sense. Exactly, yeah. so there's that. Of course, also, the other thing I was just curious about, because again, this was you know more of a newer experience for me than anyone else, but I threw out on the social medias uh, just to, like a quick question of like, hey guys, you know, my friends and other people, what's your favorite Talking Heads album? It's amazing. A lot of votes for Remain in Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple real hard stands for 77, which I thought was yeah. interesting. Yeah, like, yeah people... that was... Those are people who are die-hard <laughs> fans. Right. I mean, I love Talking Heads, but 77, like, you have to you have to be in a specific place yeah. with yourself. Right. Well, and I feel like you had to hear that in the right way. Yeah. Like, be in presented... a very positively formative way. Yes. Yeah. And one person even pointed out, controversially, I'm sure, but I know there's probably got to be a few diehards out there, their favorite album was actually the name of the band is Talking Heads, their earlier live album prior to Stop Making Sense. And we did have a couple people who said Stop Making Sense, too. Yeah, exactly. Because yep. it's, you know, it's greatest hits. But again, what is it about it? Because also, they upped the tempo on so many of these songs. Oh, yeah. And helped elevate didn't say it. That. Yeah. I did say oh, that. I did say that. I said that a long time ago on the All first right. one. Y'all rewind the tape, take it back. I <laughs> Instant replay, NFL Robots. Their, their songs are already, we already talked about how driving they are, but like, when you up the tempo like that, it gives it a sense of urgency that, yeah. like, well, and that's especially the thing. on songs like, like during wartime, for God's sake, yeah. or well, um, slippery, slippery people. Yes. Slippery, slippery people is like almost twice as fast. Yes. Like the original album version is like pretty, not quite plotting, but it is. It's it takes its sweet time. Yep. And the live version, I think, is a full minute shorter. Yep. Because it, it's it's booking and it cha- completely transforms it. Yep. Yeah. But man, we want to talk about talking caps. The other thing we have to talk about is bands influenced by the talking heads. Oh, holy yeah. shit. Well, even like Taryn, you this week, there's been at least so five different moments yeah. that you've been like, Where, oh my god, this sounds like blank. And or, I, yeah. I don't remember what song specifically made me think of Everything Everything. 
I think it was something on more songs. But it was like, I was like, oh, this is like straight up art rock. Yes, mm-hmm. this is exactly what they're doing. And then there was the extended Obviously, outro of Burning Down the House. Bur- oh, yeah. yes, the outro. And it actually, I was totally wrong when I said that. It, it is on the, the album, album version. version. Yeah. The outro on Burning Down the House sounds like the knife. The whole, oh. like... A multi-percussion, the, like, like the, steel the drum. The toms yeah. solo <laughs> over, like, that exact synth sound. Yeah. And um, I talked about the gorillas. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to mention fucking TV on the radio, oh, of yeah. course. Oh, yeah. yes, very much so. And the so. yeah yeah And the yeah yeah yeahs and, and, like, Radiohead obviously got their name from them. Yeah. Like, Arcade Fire, clearly a huge influence. Yeah. He created... It's an al- entire genre. It's almost like that thing Brian Eno said about uh, the Velvet Underground's debut album. He talks about almost no one bought that album, but everyone who did formed a band. That is yeah. the famous quote about. And I feel yeah. like that's Talking Heads. Like they're still. I mean, they had mainstream success. They're still very much a cult band. But the people who love them love them in a Absolutely way that they don't yes. like. Hard. Like, yeah. I didn't form a band. Because I can't play an instrument, but I have choreographed many a dance in my living room or kitchen to a Talking Head song. Mm-hmm. Like, many different right. songs they that I have Right, they inspire more yes. art. Absolutely. And that's the thing about great artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, Taron this week, he was just like, oh, I want to fucking choreograph something so badly to you, Zimbra. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Yeah. Have, like, 20 people. It's funny, because we've done a lot of artists that are like considered the greatest artists of all time and it's mm-hmm. been very interesting to like compare all of their behaviors mm-hmm. i see a lot of david byrne in the way sufjan stevens approaches his art too in what way just the way the reverence he gives it and the way that he experiments with a lot of different styles and just the way that he i don't know he approaches it so seriously and it's the and way he gets it. down and the way he packages it and even in the concentration of albums mm-hmm. like you come out when you're first going and you're making so much material that you just release like an album a year and yeah. then you start slowing down and making your masterpieces and making more careful choices mm-hmm. yeah this is why we've never seen a david byrne christmas album for the record right but also, like, David Byrne is going through his total discography that a little me, bit. Hang on. We need to rewind a second because David Byrne Christmas album legit made me, like, vomit just a little <laughs> bit. Just a little I bit. I know. I and was then I swallowed it real hard and I looked over at you and I think I saw you swallow vomit real hard, too. And I was like, all right, we're on the same page. Oh, I love I was like, Christmas. I was like, no. Please no. You. Oh, stop. Oh, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. no. See, the thing is, yeah. See, (laughs) no, see, I think David Byrne would never, ever do that. Because Christmas music in in the modern sense is absolutely part of consumer culture and part of the structure of modern life. And you hear how many like anti-conservative political songs he has yeah. making flippy floppy i know there's more help me out guys yeah, but yeah those types oh. of songs. anyway <laughs> and also you have izimbra which is the lyrics are taken from a dadaist poem hang on i can answer your question now because one came to mind immediately don't trust the government maybe uh, oh maybe? yeah probably that one possibly that one my whiskey brain made, um, it, made it a delayed reaction and so izimbra is yeah it's from the lyrics are from a dadaist poem and dadaism is a an art movement from 
the 1920s in response to World War One, And the thought was that they were responding to the stresses of modern life with uh, nonsense and chaos. And they were always affiliated with the radical left political spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so I just think, yeah, that is exactly why we are never, ever going to get a David Byrne Christmas album. Yeah. Because that's... So listen, the I, I know you say that anything that he's about. I know you say that, but you know Bob Dylan, famous former Jew Bob Dylan, he made a Christmas album. So if he could do it, famous anyone... former what? <laughs> That's so different. Famous former what? <laughs> Let's not forget he actually in the late in the early nineties, ladies, he actually put out like you know Christian themed albums too because he was. Very notably, you know, his name is, you know, Zimmerman, his last name. Like, he very much comes from a Jewish tradition. It's its own, it's its own side thing. All right, thing. whatever. When we do I'm our like, Bob Dylan podcast. Jew- is this, like, the artist formerly known as a Jew, Bob Dylan? Yeah. <laughs> is there a symbol that goes along with this? But legitimately, that, that was such a controversial thing at the time because he grew up during this thing, and all of a sudden he started releasing these very heavily, you know, Christ-driven albums during the time. People were just like, what the fuck you doing, Bob? And then he kind of went back, and then he's like, by the way, I'm putting out a Christmas album. It's like, Bob Dylan, what the fuck are you doing? But he's also Bob Dylan, so he can get he away can with that. He can do whatever the fuck like, he wants. Like, let's forget, like, two years ago, he put out an album of uh, Sinatra standards, and then he put out, last year, he put out another one, and this year, he put out a third one that was three discs long. Well, doesn't that mean that we should respect David Byrne all the more <laughs> for being <laughs> such a high-status guy and not succumbing to the easy fucking bullshit? Right, except, and that, that's the other thing, too, I was reading about, because the first season of the HBO show Big Love. Yeah. Uh, that was, you know, the music was by Mark Mothersborough, who, of course, very famously was in Devo and became a really renowned film composer as well. He did stuff like the Royal Tenenbaums and things like that. Uh, but then for the second season, like, we're going to get David Byrne to do it too, Oscar winner, you know, David Byrne. And he decided, like, so it's about, you know, polygamous. And they're like, <laughs> okay. So the thing Wait, that, so that was better song, though. That yeah. was, it was. It was much more subtly British. Right. Yeah. It wasn't. See, that's the thing. I think that's what he's going for. Is his cadence is kind yeah. of British, but he doesn't have the accent. Right. Right. You're getting there. Yeah. You're getting better. Yeah. yeah. I still want to hear your impressions for this podcast is over. But the it. thing is that they they had this. You know, it's, it's a song so about subtle. a polygamist. And so for the second season, he's like, so it's kind of this F, you know, like Mormon offshoot. And he, what he wanted to do, he decided to write Mormon hymns for this, which sounds like a good idea, except apparently he didn't watch a single frame of the season. He just wrote these songs by itself and sent it to HBO and they used like five of them. And Aww. so he eventually put out his own album, you know, Big Love Hymnals. It's like music from the HBO series and other songs. The other songs being like all the other shit that he wrote that HBO Damn. was like, you should probably watch the show to get an idea of what the tone is before it's you okay, actually send it. If you know. you're working on something, familiarity is always key. All right? That's just a pro tip you can yeah. take for Dave, from David Byrne on that one. Oh, the Southern really came out there. That was not oh, Southern. that's not Southern, that's baby. Minnesota. That's Minnesotan. Yeah. Now I've gotten drunk and I'm into my voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I That's... would love to do one thing before we end this podcast, oh, by all means. and that is this. David Byrne makes me think of, a, a lot of, of times vocally, Fred Schneider. Of the B-52s. Of the B-52s. And time is... to get some sleep out there. Okay, so here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to play this little game that I have played for warm-ups when I'm doing shows before. It's called, Hey Fred Schneider, What Are You Doing? Yeah. 
Just gonna ask you guys, what are you doing as Fred Schneider? And then as Fred Schneider, you tell me what you're doing. If you're like sitting there, whatever. Here, I'll go first. Hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing sitting on a podcast with Taryn and Evan? <laughs> hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? Pulling a label off this beer. Hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Pure utter indifference and silence from Tara. Existentialism. <laughs> That's what happened. That was performance art right there. I really wanted to participate, and I just. Well, you can make it up for it us. Couldn't... You can make it up for us it by doing your happen. David Byrne impression now. Yeah, your far superior David, David Byrne, Byrne impression. I didn't say it was far superior. I just said your sucks. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> Mine may suck too. I never talked about it. I didn't try. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> The thing about living out way out here in Texas is that all the people are so nice. You can get a nice car and have a nice job, and the sun sets every day. I really oh, feel like that was your that was your friend Armisen as David Byrne impression right there, and it still was wonderful. On okay, I, I will give it a go. All right, let's go ahead and do it. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack, <laughs> and you may find yourself. In a large automobile. I always oh, thought it was. I always thought it was shotgun shell <laughs> you for the are, longest time. You are a little. You're a Fred little Schneider. Fred Schneider. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a little Fred Armisen-y. Yeah. All the Freds right there. <laughs> no, At least I'm not Fred Figglehorn. Let's be glad about a that. Little Paul McCartney. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. We all tried our hardest. Letting the days go by. Murder for we none of Murder. You guys. <laughs> all right. You know what? Listen. Listen. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, is that for is that, is that is that David Byrne as interpreted by Boss no, Baby? No, no, I'm not sure. It, full circle, guys. Back to my first point. When in doubt, <laughs> scat it out with David Byrne. <laughs> Alright, well you know what? I think it's not gonna get any more coherent than that. So I will just say, guys, thank you so much for listening to our <laughs> wonderful whiskey. nonsense. Yeah, uh in the meantime, Allie. Oh, Evan. Thank you. Oh, thank we talked you. about this for so, so long. We did. And I'm so glad it finally came together, as it happens every time. But, I can't yeah. tell one from another. Did I find you or you find me? I found you. That's yeah, that's, that's actually <laughs> <laughs> Uh Taryn, of course, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. Woo! 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 Is all you say to that. Uh, hi, in the meantime, hi. guys, please do do the usual. Uh, like us on Facebook. I mean, but actually, though, don't. I'm saying it right now, but you could take two seconds to do it. Wow. You assholes. But like, uh, thinking about it is different than doing it. Right, because if you're supporting us, you're also supporting Allie. And that's a big deal. I don't even know deal. if I've liked the Chartography on Facebook. <laughs> I like the Chartographer. Wow. Like, I'm pretty sure I have. But I'm not. I can't. I can't say with 100 percent certainty. Uh, guys, don't be a Terran. Make yeah, sure that don't you. Be that like... guy. Terran is so that guy right now. Just don't be that guy. iTunes, Stitcher, all the stuff. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Throw us a note on Facebook. We want to see what your thoughts are. On uh, the meantime, thank you for listening. Uh, talk to you soon. Bye 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 bye. bye. Fun for nasty fun.